Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Front Stretch slash Rolling Race News joint podcast. It's been a little under a year since we did this. Uh, James, uh, we got a lot of great responses off it, so we said, I'm going to do it again, I guess. Yeah, we're already hanging out at the same spot, sleeping in the same campers. We might as well record the same podcast. It's separate rooms this time. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? Kurt Merrill, the production director at Eagle Raceway, joining us. Also, Ryan Kumpf, the co-announcer at Eagle Raceway. And one guy that is now locked in to Sunday night's A feature. I was so freaking happy to see you not only qualify for the A, but also hold your own against what is arguably 20 of some of the best sprint car drivers, not just in the Midwest, but in the entire country. White Wall, Nate Weiler joining us. I'm glad to be here. Nate, uh, talk a little bit about your night. I mean, we're, we're talking about luck of the draw to start off oh, with. Oh, absolutely. Your, your pill draw on your heat race will either make or break your weekend. And when I drew, I got 41. I go, well, it's a pretty good number. No time to suck tonight. So <laughs> then started front row outside of the heat race and got lucky, got the lead right away and survived to the win. So... It, it, Ryan kind of tuned in here a little bit, and James, obviously you can too. Actually, I don't know why I pointed out one person. All of us watched just about every race tonight, which was an immense amount of racing. But it seemed like it was hot or cold. Some hot heat races, there was a ton of passing. In other ones, it was kind of single file. Well, especially like during your feature, the, the A-Main, so we were talking during the broadcast how important some of those restarts were because there were drivers in transfer spots that got terrible restarts yeah. or they took advantage of restarts. Talk about just that game, um, just trying to conserve tires, anything like that, especially when the track's starting to slick up like it was. Well, tonight the, the track was still had a lot of grip in yeah. it, so you really didn't have to conserve tires, but just getting your motor cleaned out good so you got a good chance at a restart, like, a lot of people spend a lot of time on the dyno and there's a lot of people that spend a lot of money to get their fueling system correct where you don't have problems on restarts like on my stuff i'm shutting my fuel valve off i'm trying to clean my motor out so i have a good chance at a restart and some people the motor kind of loads up a little bit and sometimes they take off sometimes they don't and then the air changes too so that really screws with the motors too so there's a lot of stuff you got to do and i know i've had a couple of drivers that have said you know, we'll be going into turn three, and Roger says, going green, and you're like, crap, I haven't had a chance to clean the motor out yet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. I just got a question. You know, it was really kind of muggy tonight, and I don't know, how much do you actually play in looking at the atmosphere and the elevations uh, that we're at? Do you actually play with that a lot, or do you kind of just go with what you got if i was one of the big fancy teams they have weather stations to monitor the air and where the adr is and the weather or the water grains in the air i don't have none of that <laughs> i'm yeah. on an open trailer and i built my own motor and somehow it keeps running and runs fairly decent so yeah for the fans that i don't think you've ever been on the front stretch um and James, have you had him on Rolling Race News yet? No, unfortunately not. We've drank a couple beers, but never sat down <laughs> and recorded. I gave him a, settle, uh, I gave him a, a white wall one year because yep. he asked for it. It's Ooh. actually hanging on my fence right now awesome. next to a Ryan Kitchen tail tank. We're working on getting the whole motif of a sprint car up on the privacy fence. Well, let's, <laughs> let's talk about your story. I, you've told me a couple of times that um, you basically had somebody. Was it Roger that said, why don't you get a sprint car when the 305s came around? I've pretty much been around them for a long time. Uh, I grew up actually just right down the road in Alvo, 
and dad would bring me here. There were still tree stumps and two-by-fours for stands when we first started coming here. And in high school, I met Stu my freshman year. It was either freshman or eighth grade year. I see this kid walking around the computer lab in his new race shoes because he had a race okay. that night, so he had to break his shoes in. I'm calling BS. There's no way you saw him over the computer monitors. <laughs> it was, well, I was in a chair, so I was, I was a little shorter. So you saw him between the monitors? Yes. So Stu was pacing around the computer lab to break in his new race shoes because it was one of his first 360 races, and me and Stu became friends. I'm like, that kid looks kind of like an idiot, kind of like me, so we're trying to be pretty good friends. You should see some of the pictures of Nate and Stu in their in their youth. You definitely had that in sync kind of soul patch, flavor saver thing oh, yeah. going on. Oh, yeah. So uh, I assume helped Stu Snyder out on his operation for a little while. Yeah, actually, the first time I started, uh, I got a little I got a little in trouble with driving, and I lost my license for a while, and I had to go take a diversion stop class. And I'm actually in class, and Stu calls me. He goes. Hey, I need your help. I go, I have no clue what I'm doing because I've never touched or worked on a race car before. He goes, oh, just come out and scrape mud. And that's where it started. And I've asked Stu's dad and Joe a million questions, and I've learned from them. And I've been on the road with them. I've been on the road with Jack Dover and learned a lot from, from Jack and Mark. And I try to implement what I've learned from them, but they can teach you how to drive a race car but until you actually get in it and do it yourself it, it is so night and day difference when you're standing on the other side of the fence like oh that looks easy mm -hmm. when i first started i would lift at the flag stand and i thought i was just hauling the mail around this place when i first drove but when we changed this class in 2013 roger asked me if i wanted to drive one i go sure i'll give it a try i never drove a dirt car before in my life I raced RC cars and I rode lawnmowers around. It's what I did growing up, you know. Never Same. drove a goat cart, nothing. <laughs> and I, I, you were working for Roger at the time, right? I, I was actually involved. I was in a relationship with Roger's daughter. So I was out here a lot doing work for the track and doing whatever I could to help them. And oh. Yeah, that's the, 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 the unspoken rule of when you get into a relationship with a daughter or a son of a track owner. It, you basically turn into an indentured slave. I mean, it's it, which isn't necessarily that bad of a thing, but I look back at, at the, you know, staying close with the Kaziskis and, and watching the Haydens, and, you know, Nate went from uh, just running a modified to now Nate's basically helping to run Eagle Raceway, <laughs> yeah. uh, talking about uh, 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 Nate Thompson. And, it, I mean, that it comes with the territory. Like, you, when you start dating somebody that, helps run a racetrack you're gonna get pulled out there pretty you, you quick. unwillingly get volunteered yeah. to do stuff yeah but yeah yeah you mentioned nate thompson and that he is such a nice guy he's a very hard worker and now he's married to racine and he's a super super great stepdad libby loves him granted he teases her a lot but <laughs> they, they do have a great bond uh so helping roger out out around the racetrack uh trying to get in good with the daughter and he says, go, buy, go build a sprint car. Well, th actually, the way it worked when we adopted, when he adopted this class in 2013, he asked me if I wanted to drive one. I go, I would love to drive one. Well, him and I loaded up in the truck and drove to O'Neill, Nebraska, and bought a car out of some guy's storage unit, put a motor in it, and that's how we started. Uh, O'Neill, Nebraska, home of Danny, Danny Nicolai. Nicolai. Yep. 
Yeah, one of my heroes now. He donated five hundred dollars to the Alzheimer's. I was kind of hoping I could get a chiropractic adjustment this I'm, weekend from I him. Might but need I might need one. I don't know if that's going to happen. We'll see how good your uh, couch is, but I might need one. My <laughs> couch is pretty comfy. Is it? Yeah, we'll it see. is. Uh, all right, so you got your first sprint car. Yep. Actually, your first race car. Yeah. Came out and raced uh, around Eagle Raceway. Yep. Uh, sprint Series in Nebraska, was that a thing at the time? That was not. And when we first started in 13, I think we averaged maybe 18, 20 cars. And I finished seventh in points, I think, that year. And then after the first year, the ball really started rolling. And a lot of cars kind of picked up in 14. And now I think we averaged about 50 cars a season that come here and race with yeah. us. So, Was it you or Chase that turned their first laps in a T-shirt and jeans? The first time I turned laps here... Roger asked me to see if I wanted to try it, and we did it. And I think we're pretty much all in T-shirt and jeans. So it was just practice laps. It wasn't under an actual competition? Yeah, there was nobody here except for, I think, us, Roger, and Michelle at the time yeah. in racing. And then right after we got done with that, we loaded up and went to Boone because Chevy qualified for the big dance at Boone Nationals that year. So we came out here, played for a little bit, and then got in the car and drove to Boone, Iowa. Right. Talk about that relationship. You kind of mentioned Chase there for a second. Being able to race with your brother, and I guess how much do you guys actually kind of pull off of each other, help each other, and then what's it like being able to race your brother on the racetrack, making sure that you don't put him in the wall, you know? Like me and Chase have, have always been really close. We've always been really good friends, and we, we are brothers. We do butt heads every now and then. You know, it's kind of what siblings do. But I... Anytime I can try to help him better his program, I, I try to do that. But him and I are kind of polar op opposite of drivers. Chase is more kind of like a finesse driver. He waits on the car a little bit, and he's yeah. conservative. Granted, I, I'm still a conservative driver, too, because if I crash my car, I, I barely have parts to even fit, yeah. you know, fit the thing back together. So, but yeah, we, we do help each other out. Actually, the steering gear that's in my car now is actually his, whether he knows it, it's his. <laughs> in my car. He might, he might now. <laughs> well, but yeah. So those uh, listening in the podcast, um, do you want one? shots no. have now entered the <laughs> room. This isn't edited. It's a penis. Can we just say it? <laughs> yeah. There's no radio we have to worry really about. I trying to not say that word all day long. What, Penis. Yes. <laughs> I wonder who's. I wonder who is it. They, it was based off of. Is my point because this is. Well, if you had Snapchat oddly... two years ago, you might know. <laughs> I, it's. It's <laughs> oh, like the, It's a pretty average size penis. I mean, it's... can we describe to people what we're actually holding right now, yeah, just so I they did. know? I did. I said it was a phallic shaped shot. It is a. It's a a basically it's a shot. syringe. It's a plastic dick. Okay. It's a. It's <laughs> <laughs> with a bunch of stu gooey it's, liquid inside that puts in your mouth. It's just a syringe that's in the shape oh, of no. a penis. You How does this work? Dan, just relax your throat. I'm not okay. used to being on this end. I don't know what to do. Yeah, Ryan, don't lie to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, All right, well, lips... Quality radio on the front stretch. Oh! Oh, it's... Mm -mm. Is it, it all warm? It's like tapioca pudding. Oh. Oh. That was a weird consistency. Yeah, that's... I mean, that's it's... nasty. Don't throw up. <laughs> that is a weird consistency. <laughs> wow. It's coconut. How yeah. mainly do you I mean, feel right now? Good. Yours is marshmallow? <laughs> oh! She looks for every like she's woman done I've that before. You know, <laughs> 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 
Oh, I, I'm, I apologize for anyone listening. Oh, no. Oh. James is really getting damn into right it. you damn right. Well, Dan James takes is. this and tries to cradle the balls at the same time. It's very <laughs> weird. So, t- so this is we what a weekend. On you go from qualifying for Race Saver Nationals now now having a penis put in uh, everyone else's mouths and eating whatever's inside. That's a, di- that's a wild day right Save there. Save that it, clip. It, it, it definitely is. It, my weekend's got a lot easier qualifying. <laughs> oh, and no. Watching you guys with dicks in your mouth is a little strange, but... Hey, what else are you going to do at the Race Saver Nationals? <laughs> it's only yeah, Friday, too. we got two more nights. The craziness that has happened today this is, terrible. is just beyond me. I mean, it all started last night with just the fun and festivity, but uh, we talked a little bit about your rise through the, the ranks and, and just being that weekend warrior. I kept referring to you all day long as the weekend warrior because you're the guy that you bust your ass 9 to 5, probably more like 6 to, to 8, uh, working and then well, you get to work on in, the in all reality it's about 7 30 to 3 30 and then i float till about five <laughs> <laughs> with about a two and a half hour lunch about an hour and a half <laughs> might, might have to edit that part uh, out that that's the benefit with commission because i can make all my hours in the morning and then just kind of float through the day i i love that weekend warrior thing i i think it fits well i think there's plenty of guys that kind of fall into that category um and I always root for those guys. Uh, Dwight Carter, you know, is out racing just for the love of racing. Uh, Andrew, Andrew Jackson. Jackson is out for the love of racing. Um, you, you, it's hard not to root for those people because you know why they're here. Yeah. And, and, you know, most of the time they're not going to win, even though it was great to see Andrew Jackson got some, I think he got a heat race win this year, actually, but yeah. play yeah. second a couple of uh, heats. Um, I I love that weekend warrior mentality where um, you might not be running up front, but you're doing it because you're having fun. Absolutely. I I appreciate the fact that you still roll out here in an open trailer, which is very rare in any class, even in a compact. There's people in fully enclosed trailers. I think that also helps bring more race fans in because kids driving down the highway, they see that. Talk, talk about the decision. I mean, part of it may be budgetary, but just to be able to drive down the highway and see kids kind of light up. Do you notice some of that stuff when you're uh, driving through Lincoln, Omaha area, trying to get to the racetrack? Oh, absolutely. Like, there's people honking all the time and giving me thumbs up, you know. It's great. And a lot of the reason why I do have the smaller open trailers because I don't want to buy a bigger truck. Sure. So... You buy yeah. a bigger trailer that comes with some conveniences. Then you got to buy a bigger truck, yep. which, yeah, it comes with com- some conveniences. But now you're talking about probably adding $20,000 to your budget. Oh, absolutely. And late at night, like if I left the races now, I can take mine through a drive-thru. <laughs> yeah. Most yeah. people can. Yeah. That's all. I just think that's the biggest billboard for racing. If you see an open oh, trailer, that's on. promoting a racetrack yep. right there. It's a mobile billboard going down yeah. the road. It catches everyone's eye. People look at it. And, and your sponsors. Yep. We're talking with uh, Nate Weiler, driver of the 4W. How did the White Wall deal start a couple of years ago? It all started uh, back in 16. My brother Chase sent me a picture, and it was I think it was someone's midget that they were doing for the Chili Bowl, and yep. they, they painted some White Walls on him. And, and Chase goes, you should do it. I go, I, I think your car would probably look better. And he's like, no, you just do it. Well, then I did it. Well, then now it's stuck, and now everyone's been taking pictures every year. And actually, the first year I did it, 
Doug Wolfgang was here because Robbie Wolfgang was racing. And he was walking by and he looked and he saw the white walls and he stopped and looked at me and just smiled <laughs> and gave me a thumbs up. It's like, if the king, Doug, Doug Wolfgang, <laughs> gives me the th- yes. thumbs up. Perfect. He's probably thinking, awesome. why didn't I think of that before? <laughs> well, and they used to have kind of tiger stripes on them, right? Well, or that, that was... <clears throat> During the whole Joe Exotic deal. <laughs> oh, no. That's not where I thought this was going to go. He's many nicknames. <laughs> yes. So, during the whole Carol Baskin's Joe Exotic exhibit. <laughs> that bitch. Uh, my buddy Brandon says he should go as Joe Exotic for the Nationals. So, we had a whole big picture printed out for the top wing, and the girlfriend made me do a wig and try to look like Joe Exotic. And... It was her idea to do the tiger stripes on the wheels, and I go, if you want to paint them on the tires, more power to you. Didn't and you do a whole interview with me as Joe Exotic? You yes, I remember that. that. <laughs> Maybe you should just do that tomorrow. You got nothing else to do. Right. You just do Joe Exotic at the races. You should. He's sign autographs tomorrow. all night. That's true. <laughs> Drink some Don't beer. That'd be a great though. time. All right. Talk about tonight's races. Um, your heat race, you said you started outside pole position. You were able to uh, get the win. Yep. And uh, and honestly, James, tonight I was looking back through some of the Facebook posts. There was a lot of small teams that got wins tonight. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's one of the most special parts for me as a commentator and as a fan. You got to love seeing somebody that can go out on a small budget that just rolls out to the racetrack with a couple of friends and a couple of fans that goes out there like we, you guys were just talking about a minute ago that does it for the love of the sport. And that's always incredible. So, yeah, between two cars, we have one four-wheeler, one set of tools, one air compressor, and me and my brother make it work. So That's awesome. It's, uh, it, it's, and it's so refreshing to see not the big uh, money teams win. You know, there was a lot of conversation about Jack Dover when they uh, lifted the rule of must get three minimum races in. There was a conversation about is Jack Dover going to come race? Is Jason Martin going to be able to come race? But I, I, I like seeing the everyday guys get those wins. You know, you mentioned your brother. I mean, is there that camaraderie in the pits and then it's elbows up on the racetrack? How do you, how do you guys race each other? Oh, nobody's friends on the racetrack. <laughs> Ever. State <laughs> law. <laughs> wow. That right. no, Enough that, said. I thought, yeah. But I, was, like on uh, the racetrack, I, I do try to race everyone with respect because if you race people with respect, they'll try to do it back to you. Some people won't, but that's just kind of the name of the some, game. Some people have that mentality where yeah. I just soon put the, not necessarily in the sprints, but in other classes where I'm going to put that nose underneath your rear fender and I'm going to Some people like to use the, the chrome horn, horn a little too much. Yeah. And there was a lot of that tonight in the A feature. I don't know how much of it you watched because it seemed to be back around that bubble area, uh, 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th, and 12th. But, man, I tell you, that was I that can't was see probably, what's behind me. Right. I don't know how. <laughs> you were lucky That's a good problem to have. I don't <laughs> yeah. know how Tyler Druke didn't flip about uh, yeah. There was two or three times. of those Snyder, incidents. Uh, yeah. Joey Snyder Danley, been over. Adam Gullingan yeah. should have wrecked a couple of times. It was, I mean, just a crazy race. I'm going to have to go back and watch it all again on Advantage Racing TV. But, um, yeah, uh, take us through that because you're, you're talking about the guys that finished in front of you are the, the John Carneys, Jake Bubox, uh, Chad Wilson, and um, Max Guilford, who is a, a Kiwi that's on his second race saver race. Ever. Ever. And he finishes in the top five. But you've, you kind of got to be up front 
away from all of the carnage. Well, the very first lap, the kid, I, I, I don't know what his name was, 22 or 23 something. I started behind him, and the very first lap, I think he hit the hole going into one, and his whole car lifted up and went sideways and landed on my nose wing. Took my nose wing out, bent the front axle. Jesus. And then I ran into the infield, and then I kept the car running and got back in line, and then Roger was telling me to go to the back because I was involved in a caution. It's like, well, I kept my car running. I didn't stop. I thought the golden rule is that if you are in a caution and you don't stop, well, then you can restart in your spot. Well, then, for some reason, the guy that got screwed up in the first lap went off the racetrack and then roger allowed me to go back to my starting spot so that was my saving grace otherwise i would have been hosed starting at the back well that's got to be stressful too i mean we talk about the stress of the race saver nationals it's first your draw how can you survive in the heat race and if you qualify for the a and you're lucky enough to avoid the creature feature then uh you got to survive that too and and you're talking about so many different factors that can easily send you to the back Oh, absolutely. And you, there's so many elements that are completely out of your control. And that's racing. You know, you never exactly know what's going to happen. How do you balance on, an, on a, a weekend like this when you know it's a long weekend to qualify, but you know you also have to be aggressive um, to get spots, especially when they're only taking so many cars? How do you balance being aggressive to trying to stay out of all the stuff like during that feature? Luckily, you were ahead of all of it, but trying to keep your nose clean in the end for the whole weekend. Sometimes you just got to let Jesus take the wheel. <laughs> That's, the best That's a good answer. That That's delivered. a good answer. Yeah, I'll go, that one I'll go too. get that queued up. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, say just like the common saying goes, like a blind squirrel finds a nut every now and then and like, there's a lot of times I've started towards the front of the race and the track's not really to my liking or I don't drive as aggressive as I should. And kind of this week and it's kind of, you just kind of go balls out and you run it in a little deeper, you drive people a little closer. And and there was that. I mean, Ryan, James, Kurt, we were talking about it all night long, how especially that B feature for the sprint cars, it, it went up to a whole new level and then i was kind of worried going into that a i'm like this is going to be a letdown it's just the way life works that that b feature was going to be the great feature to watch but boy was i proved wrong that a feature was just as elbows up guys leaning on each other i kept talking during the cautions about i couldn't excuse me i couldn't believe how close these guys were racing each other and how they were showing each other the right rear pretty hard. Yeah, there's – granted, once you start getting to the later features in the night, there's there's so much talent that you got to go against. And you, you can lean on people, and you know they're not going to just drive into you or they're not going to get spooked or twitch their cars too much. And it's – once you get towards the late the later features, you have a lot more trust in the people you race against. Yeah. So that, that does make it a little easier. Again, talking with Nate Weiler, ended up finishing uh, ninth on the, or excuse me, fifth on the night. Uh, so he'll start in the fifth starting position. Well, you're going to be a sandwich in the second I row. I am the meat in the sandwich come Sunday. Have you ever been in a three? How many? Is this your first year of qualifying, this or have is, you been experienced be a three? Fourth year. So what's that three wide start like? Because that is not a normal thing in a sprint car. The last three times I've qualified, I've done it 
on Sunday I've locked in. Or one year I locked in on a Saturday prelim night, but we rained out on Saturday, so then we did Saturday, Sunday in one night. So I locked in on the Saturday portion and then got to relax a little bit. But normally I just hold back a little bit, give people room, but usually once you get to the A feature on Sunday, you have some of the best talent you know in in this group of cars that we race with so you can run on people or lean on people a little bit and you don't don't have to worry too much but it, it i think the the big thing everyone was driving just a little bit harder tonight because to get locked in on friday night gives you that saturday to you can stay home and rest a little bit more you can come in and sit in the stands and watch the races you can make minor adjustments to the car and not have to be stressed about being out in the races and maybe tearing up your stuff. It's a big deal qualifying on Friday night. Oh, absolutely. It, it's the hardest night of the, of the two <coughs> prelim nights because on Friday you have everybody. So it's people do drive harder. They take maybe bigger risks because they want to lock it in Friday because then you can say you beat everybody pretty much, you know. And then, yeah, you can – drink a little bit on Friday or do do what you want to do, relax on Saturday, get your maintenance done, and just wait for Sunday. Nine, uh, 91 cars is what I counted. Seven, uh, 13 heat races. Uh, and then, what do we have, seven creature G features? Feature. It started with a G. Yeah. Uh, it, it was just insane. I think 25 races is what Jim said we had tonight. I lost track. I did just the. I, I know I said this on the during the uh, races, but that that hobby stock uh, support class outstanding today. Yeah. Drivers locked in for Sunday. This is unofficial, as a lot of drivers are still going through. Uh, tech, the, is, uh, tech, tech is good. Oh, tech, tech is, is complete. good. Complete. John Carney will start on the pole. Chad Wilson to the middle. Jake Bubak outside row number one. Max Guilford. Not enough could be said about that young man. Um, I'm just glad got, you got his name right. Got to Nebraska. <laughs> don't hold me to it. Got to Nebraska last week. Was offered a ride in a sprit in a race saver sprit car. Said, "Why not?" I think he. Where did he say he raced at earlier this week and had a good showing? I heard it during his interview, but I, it, it, I recognize the racetrack, but I don't remember it off the top of my head. But then he comes out. This is his second day racing a. Race saver sprint car. He he was in the top. I think he. I, I think one of the notes that you marked down before the race. I think he was third in New Zealand points yeah. this past year, though. So yeah, I mean, he's fast. Whether whatever he races over so. there, it's either four tens or three sixty. Mm -hmm. Yeah, or yeah. I think they have some weird V six class over there too. Oh really? Yeah. Have you ever yeah. thought about jumping up to like a three sixty or oh, something? I'll, I would love to if I can find someone. Yeah. Dumb enough to no, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. Uh, Nate Weiler will start in the middle of row number two with Chase Brewer to his outside. Then it's going to be Kevin Rutherford, Jason Danley, and Cody Ledger in row number three. The names that didn't make the race, uh, Joey Danley, Tyler Drukey, Stu Snyder, Adam Gullion. Um, Kevin Ramey. Kevin Ramey. He had a rough night. Yeah. I mean, and, and this th that was the names that I read off of the A-feature starters and, and then you've got the drivers that weren't able to make it out of the creature feature. Only nine less guys qualifying on Friday, excuse me, on Saturday for the next nine positions. It's just crazy the amount of racing that went on today and how great the racing was. 
and uh, we do it all again tomorrow. I think you were quite fortunate to be in the position where you were when you started and where you were able to maintain your that position because it just seemed like um, the, the Drukies, the Snyder, and all those guys were behind you, and they were just beating on each other. Yeah. Dan Lee was pulling slide jobs like you wouldn't believe. Splitting two cars on a slide job there, coming yes. out of four. Um, they were just beating on each other. I mean, they couldn't get around each other. They were back and forth slide jobs. And I think you're really fortunate to be ahead of that and, and did a, a really good job of staying out ahead of that and where it, it let you get your a clean track and drive the line that you wanted to drive. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah, once I found out all certain fits in the features, like my whole plane was just to maintain. Like if I can just float and stay in fifth or maybe fall back to sixth or seventh i'm i'm completely fine with that because if i can lock myself in that that's a huge relief to me what was the position you wanted to start them the most in somewhere in the top 10 <laughs> that's a good answer top nine because uh, yeah. you know with the made of the three wide do you want to start uh on the pole inside row one do you want to start in the middle do you want to start on the outside for the three wide, I, I would prefer to start on the inside. And so since I ran fifth tonight, I'll start second row in the middle. So it's going to be interesting. Ouch. Yeah. I've seen some really bad things happen. Don't tell them that. that. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> stating what I've seen in the past. We all no, that's all right. what we're getting into. That's yeah. true. Yeah, understand. you signed I mean, up for it. <laughs> I mean, I, I know that a lot of times Roger will get on the radio, and he did it to, again tonight. He says, this this race is not won uh, on the first lap, guys. Give yeah. give your fellow racers a break if they need it. Well, and I, I, I think there's only been one Race Saver Nationals three-wide A-feature start on Sunday night that they had an issue on the first lap. Most of the time, they get three, four, five laps in before they have the first caution. Correct. And I, and I think in 16 might have been the first year where they tore up a few cars on the very first lap. So. You've, you had some guys in front of you. Like, I, I can't remember if I said it on this or, or just talked to you when we were walking over here. Uh, but uh, you you've notoriously like to stay on the bottom. That's your favorite place to run. Mm -hmm. I think you won a race uh, last year or the year before, and I think you said in victory lane, I figured out how to run the top. Stu uh, Snyder made a comment to you, right? Yeah, last year when I got my feature win, uh, Stu told me that the rubber was going to come in about maybe a car width off the top. He goes, if you just float through there, he goes, it might take a lap or two, and he'll start coming in. The car will get better. And it took about seven or eight laps, and it finally started getting better and better, and then... I managed to get to the lead and hold on for the win. Watching it tonight, hang on, let me finish mine real quick. Yep. Watching it tonight, well, from your vantage point, you had four guys in front of you that were, there were some comers and some goers. Um, were you watching anybody to kind of figure out if there was a little faster line, a couple of grooves up, middle of the track? I, I thought I was doing a pretty good pace on the line I was running, and then... I started getting a little loose getting into one and the car kind of wanted to float a little bit and I felt like I was waiting too long on the car and I thought I was losing speed and then Bubok got around me through he was about maybe a car width above me and I think I tried to move up a little bit and I didn't feel as comfortable and I just kept going back to what I normally do and just kept digging like Dale on the bottom and 
Locked her in. Hell <laughs> yeah, brother. <laughs> how much? How much do you? I, I know you. You have your preferred line that you like to run, uh, and I've seen you run the bottom a lot out here. I know that's where you like to go. But how? How? How much searching do you actually do? If you don't feel like you have the speed on the bottom, do you do searching? Do you do you go a little higher? Do you go up to the top to see if that's if that's better? Do you try to just stay at the bottom? I know you try to set that car up for the bottom. How much? How much searching do you do on the track during a race? Me, normally not a whole lot. About the only time I'll kind of veer off of what I'm doing is either A, I'm getting freight trained or I have lap traffic I have to deal with. But it seems like I can always get around the bottom fairly decent here. And there's a lot of people that live and die by the top side of the racetrack. And there's a lot of people that's lost a lot of good races because it's an ego thing and they want to go bang the boards around the racetrack and i'll just float around the bottom and try to drive by you again we're talking with nate weiler driver of the 4w locked in for sunday's big dance the 27 car a feature he'll be starting fifth on the grid middle row number two uh as we're kind of getting i think probably to the end of this conversation ryan james uh kurt stepped away for a minute but Thoughts on the night? Thoughts on, on what we've seen so far? Well, I got a question for you. How do you, number one, prepare for the rest of the week? I, you kind of mentioned it, uh, maybe being able to relax tomorrow. But what what do you think your process of tomorrow into Sunday is going to be? You're going to try to come out early and still work on the race car? Or do you kind of leave that for Sunday? And then also, how do you ju- judge the racetrack? Because I'd imagine Sunday might be a little bit different than a normal night. Or do you think it's kind of going to be kind of what a regular Saturday would be like it it's, tends to be a little different because he normally goes through and reworks the track when we do the whole driver introductions things on Sunday and and tonight we'll probably still go wash the race cars because Chase has still got a race is about off tomorrow and at least I don't have to work too hard tomorrow but just gotta try to ho- hopefully get him in a better position and so he, he drew kind of a high number, so he'll have a better chance to draw on tomorrow, but he's just got to get up on the wheel a little bit. All right, uh, thoughts on the day? There was a lot of crazy racing, a lot of uh, great passing. Um, I, I think the, the fans were definitely geared up for a great day, and, and I think uh, Eagle Raceway delivered. James, Ryan. you want to start? Or, oh, me? Uh, I'm just – this is my first full race saver nationals. Um, the fact that we got 91 race cars, just in the sprint cars, done in a little over four hours, I think that's a pretty good show for um, it, for having two track prep sessions, the big track prep sessions, and also the amount of race cars. Roger and the team did a great job, and I think the track held up really well tonight. didn't seem like it was rutted up or anything, and it seemed like there was multiple lanes all night. Yeah, there definitely wasn't a lot a lot of carnage this year so so far it's been kind of smooth sailing yeah me yeah um it's race saver nationals this is your second one right or third Uh, for me yeah being in the booth yeah no maybe four or five really i think i've had this sound system for four or five so that'd be my first I mean, this is really my first time, you know, calling races and and yeah. and being a lot more active in the booth. Which but you were very involved with it last year. Yeah, we would. Yeah. You know, I play the music and you know do a little color here and there. And you know, I've played, been in the oh, booth yeah. for, you Drum. know, a couple of years before that. But um, 
I was a spectator for the first couple of years I, uh, before we put the sound system up. Um, I, I love it. I think it's, um, it's some of the best racing you're going to find, hands down. Um, you know, you get those guys that start um, 12th, and, man, they are at the front. Yeah. They make their way to the front. The and way Bubak drove tonight was insane. I'm going to give hats off to um, Trevor Service. I was yeah. just going to say, yeah. that's uh, that in guy, a qualifiers, but Service yeah. and uh, Zach Blurton as Zach well. Yeah. yeah, Trevor Service man. was, he was on a rail there in his first. See, service is a wheel man for yeah. sure. Yeah, and you know, I don't know, did he? what did he start? Did he start in the G? It yeah. was the next one up from the G, I thought. He but was he, was se- he was selling T-shirts tonight, Yeah, no, all he, I can say. Um, he did a really good job. And, you know, unfortunately, the alphabet soup is just going to swallow you up sooner or later. So I think I read somewhere on Facebook that Trevor just lost his, his dog that they've had for a long time. Is like oh. kind of like their team mascot. Uh, he started in the F. And I was, it was really curious watching him race that um, he seemed a little flat during the heat race. You know, we, we've yeah. got uh, – you did some great job, Ryan, with some stats, and, and we talked about some of the stats for him. I think he was the points leader for the state of Minnesota. Uh, he's won – He's second in the nation right now. Yeah. Behind Justin and Clark, who's also here. When he came out for his heat race, I thought, boy, he seems flat for being yeah. that, that good of accolades, that many stats. But, man, he found that rail, and he was hooked up during the F – you also have to remember this is a racetrack that you don't see anywhere else. Yeah. No one else has the banking that this racetrack has. Yeah, I mean, who else? Say, Houston's is kind of close it's to the true, same banking. But that's but about the only thing I can ever think shorter. of. Yeah. yeah. That Roger has changed this track for this weekend. It's yeah. and it's obvious to the to the everybody that comes out on Saturday nights and see that he has flattened out uh, all the way down to the bottom in one and two. So it's it's flat. I, would you agree with that? To me, it. Seems the same. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as yeah. the look was what made that. I mean, if you it look, is. I mean, Roger's out there in the maintainer right now. He's working the track. But to me, all the way down at the bottom in one and two, it's it's flat. Mm. And, it, and, you know, I know he did that to the go-karts, uh, to us in the go-karts. He actually put a little negative camber down on the bottom side uh, during the season. But it, it looks flat in one and two. And I think it actually helped because it, it made that bottom side stay there longer in one and two because you know that the top side the, the groove the middle and the high side in one and two is going to go away just because of the simple fact that it's in the sun and um i i feel that the bottom side was was probably the preferred groove for the later heat races because it it, it was the shorter way around and there was nothing left on the top side it just dried out so i, I think roger does a great job prepping the track um i don't know what you think but I, I, I think the track is different. I think he purposely does that just yeah. to put a little twist in everybody's um, iced tea. Yeah, I, I mean, think you need to pit report one night and see oh. just how high that banking really is. <laughs> yeah, James has got yeah. the best well, what, view. Why out do there? you think they have the uh, slip and slide? Yeah, down hillbilly slip and slide. What is it? Thirty-eight degrees typically? Oh no, 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 no. The banking 40? at Eagle has always been 17. Oh, it's got to be more than that, doesn't it? No, it's 17-degree banking. I still can't climb it. Uh, and I watch 
crews all the time struggle especially out of tech inspection especially with alcohol i'm not gonna be doing that when you when you get out there and you get somebody that spins out in the first you know heat and they hook him to get up on the exit in one and they can't make it up and then they was that justin melton yeah but it must not have you know damaged anything because he made it back out well i think that's it james anything else you want to talk about i like racing (laughs) <laughs> Boobs are pretty cool too. James, what were your thoughts? You didn't get a recap of tonight. What was your recap? How's the view from the? I mean, the infield is certainly different than it is where we're normally at in the booth. What, what's your take on on the, the races from the infield? The infield is definitely a different perspective. I mean, a lot of the times when people ask me what I think about the races, I simply tell them what races because yeah. I, I watch things in quarters. Yeah. That's true. You, you get to stand in one spot, and you get to stand in another spot, and you get to stand in another spot, and then another spot. You've got a lot on your plate on the, it. The coolest thing that I've done, and I'd ridden in the pace car with Gary Dominguez in the Nebraska Realty pace car a time or two, but tonight I got in the big old side-by-side with the IMCA TV guys who were recording the, the laps, and that side-by-side has a big old speedometer. Riding around with Gary, I never thought to pay attention to it, but we were pacing the field at 45 miles an hour yeah. on a third-mile dirt track, and I'm amazed at how much that side-by-side, you know, in, in my limited racing experience, I was amazed at how much you felt that push through the corner. It was That was probably my coolest perspective that I've gotten to do from – being in the infield i mean yeah. it's always great i don't know that i'd trade it for just about anything but it's it's really difficult to explain what you see from down there in the infield you could you could take a crack at it if you wanted to dan i know you've done it before we should, uh, we uh, should uh, yeah. get the two-seater out and make some laps it, in that. it doesn't have an engine i've been it's got an engine that doesn't have that. a starter oh no i understood that the engine's dead oh i was we need a two-seater sprint car and have yeah. Weiler go out there and yeah, there go. rip the lip. We get a sidecar. <laughs> Wait a minute. Didn't no. we used to have the two-seater uh, sprint car and then it met uh, Cole Wayman? Or am I thinking about something different? I think you're There's the one at the Chili different. Bowl. That was oh, probably the coolest okay. thing I've ever two seat seen. Midget yeah, the there's chili a two-seater bowl. midget they did for the Chili yeah. Bowl, and I think yeah. the World of Outlaws has a two-seater sprint car there. That's run. the only other one I've ever seen. Too, yeah, I think that's the one I'm thinking of is the one at Knoxville. Dan, what do you think about the races tonight? Yeah. I... I still cannot fully process what I saw those last two features in the sprint cars. I mean, that was just insane, the way the, the drivers were leaning on each other, pushing each other, wheel hopping each other. Um, it, I'm just, it's going to take a day or two for me to be able to fully process it. Does anybody else in the room have a question they wanted to ask? Why did you shave your beard? I don't know. Anybody? <laughs> That's a sore, sore subject. subject. You had to go there, didn't you? It looked weird. Does the front stretch know, by the way? Because oh, yeah. most people can't see you. Yeah, Dirk, of course Dirk brought it up. Okay. Yeah. Where's Where's Dirk at? Did he come out this weekend? He's fixing his uh, house up. Is he coming this weekend? I don't think so. Oh, I, Dirk. I have, I, I have all kinds of questions for, for Nate. But I, I mean, I am – the more I learn – because this is the first year that my grandson Grayson – is uh, doing go-karts, and so there's a lot of intricacies with the go-karts that never really crossed my mind. And I can imagine how much that translates and is multiplied into a sprint car, because it's basically, you know, the same concept. It's a stiff, rigid frame that doesn't flex a lot. 
I, I just have a lot of questions that I need to pick his brain because I have lots and lots of little questions that, that you know, as far as a sprint car is concerned. Because my, my background is with hobby stocks and, and stock cars and yeah. stuff. Kurt, you well, should start a karting podcast. Yeah. There you I go. Know, we talked about yeah, talk, Dan, Dan and I talked <laughs> about year. doing driver spotlights. Well, yes, you I'm trying to bring the, uh, I know the, the first the first ones would be uh, Racing Grayson. He's a teddy bear. He's all right. <laughs> Every Friday. Yeah, the first one would be Racing Grayson, and the second one would be uh, Libby Weiler. Yeah. Not right. to go ahead. Not to like try and close this down, but we have an hour and five minutes until the melon bar closes. I know. We always do this every year, don't we? Oh, yeah. Nate, make sure to thank some of the great sponsors that help that 4W get around. Say, Average Real T has been a help this year. Uh, Select Auto gave me some wings this year, so definitely appreciate them. Auto Transmatic, uh, Suzy Q Designs. You gotta you gotta talk about the girlfriend because that's also a yeah, thank you. Thank you have to do oh, that. Absolutely. There you go. It's uh, <laughs> With, without her, my days would definitely be boring, that's for sure. And she does help a lot, and she's a very hard worker, and she busts her butt in her job, and when she has some free time, she gets to come out and hang out with me and get dirty a little bit. Oh, does she have a name? She is Caitlin. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to do it for us in night number two recap for the Race Saver Nationals. Uh, once again, the nine drivers uh, locked in. For Sunday's first nine starting positions, uh, and then we will do it all over again Saturday night, and then again Sunday before we wrap this whole ordeal up. Nate, man, once again, makes me really happy you got the fifth place finish tonight. I'm, I'm kind of beside myself. Like I, I kept thinking, like if I could lock in on the hardest night, that that would be pretty cool. So I'm pretty excited. James, anything else? Hello world, there's a song that we're singing. We're heading over to get happy. <laughs> we're heading over to get ourselves a couple of eagle melons oh, man. and uh, relax until we got to be back uh, doing it all over again about three o'clock tomorrow. Yeah, it's. I, I'm not planning on making it a late night because tomorrow's going to be a long day. Just Boo! come, just come out and be here. Just come out and be here this weekend. If it's yeah, not tomorrow, no, come out Sunday. I, you know, uh, let me just say this. People don't realize the work that the four of us, uh, me and James and Ryan and Dan, we, we do actually work very hard at what we do to make sure that we're at, well, most of the time at, the, at the, our peak performance, the best that we can put out. And we do put out a lot. We do do a lot of work this weekend. And it's all for, number one, the love of racing. And number two, we love the fans at Eagle Raceway. They're Ain't definitely better. one of a kind. Yes. All right. And the VIP, <laughs> VIP in the house. That's, that's my girlfriend, guys. <laughs> tip tip we the love VIP you, host as well. You're a saint over we'll there. We'll be back, uh, what, uh, what, this publishes Saturday morning. So we'll be back Sunday morning with another podcast to get you guys recapped uh, on Saturday night's action. Get out to Eagle Raceway. What is it, 20 Four dollars, I think. I think 25? it's twenty. I think it's twenty bucks to get in tomorrow. Twenty bucks to get in tomorrow. Don't quote me on that. Six uh, o'clock start. Refer time, to by the Eagle way. Raceway right. Facebook page. Our boss is over in the other room, uh, losing her mind because the four announcers that should know this stuff can't remember the ticket prices. <laughs> oh, we know it. We just don't have the sheet in front of us to know it. Get out to Eagle Raceway Saturday night's action. Starts at six o'clock. Don't be late. Enjoy a quality penis shot.